0: Welcome to the Pacific Forest Foundation's Talking Timber, where each week you meet the professionals behind the Northwest timber industry.
1: Hi, we want to welcome Nick Smith, Executive Director of Healthy Forests, Healthy Communities. He's going to tell us about the role the organization has played in the last seven years and the role we can play today. Before that, we want to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Forest Foundation and the Pacific Logging Congress, organizations that are dedicated to sound technical forestry education the pacific forest foundation offers thousands of dollars of scholarships every year and the application deadline this year is may 1st if you or someone you know is studying in a forestry related field visit www.pacificforestfoundation.org and apply online today now it's time to hear from nick smith about some of the positive effects healthy forests has had over the last seven years.
0: So I started Healthy Forests, Healthy Communities uh, about seven years ago uh, because at the time there wasn't really a grassroots effort aimed at uh, you know getting more active forest management back on federal lands. Yeah, you know, certainly if, you, know, you think about grassroots and you think about federal forests, you, 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 know, you think about the spotted owl crisis and, and the, the yellow ribbon campaigns, uh, and, uh, you know, those, those served a, a purpose at the time and, and, uh, you know, but, but of course, you know, we had years go by and with the exception of the, the healthy forest restoration act there, there really wasn't, much momentum towards, you know, increasing active management on federal lands. You know, whether it's it's sustainable timber harvest, you know, thinning, uh, okay. and uh, those other tools. Uh, so, I, I started the program uh, to to get you know people more engaged in in these issues, especially those who who live near federal forests, like you know, national forests and and, and BLM lands, and, and give them meaningful opportunities to to get involved and hopefully get some change so we can get more people back to work in the woods. Uh, there are more opportunities to do forest management, um, such as fuels reduction and, and um, you know, all of those good things. And you know we, we've made some progress.
1: So was it just you decided one day I'm gonna do this or how did it evolve?
0: Well, I worked in the Oregon legislature for 10 years, uh, filling a number of staff positions, uh, mm-hmm. both in, in public policy and communications and i ran political campaigns uh for multiple election cycles and you know working in a very hyper partisan environment you know it can it can be very difficult and i you know number one i you know felt like i wanted to step out of the the partisan box and you know really work on issues that yeah. Are meaningful and and can help make a difference and you know, certainly when you work on public policy in Oregon, forest management timber are you know going to yeah. be those issues because you know Oregon really is you know obviously it's a forested state, but it really is a state that's been impacted by federal forest management policy you know the the decline in in timber harvests on federal lands have had a profound impact on many of our rural communities and um, so you know, and having conversations with folks, there was a just, you know, there was a need for more attention to be paid on these issues.
1: Okay.
0: And, um, you yeah, know, I put together, a, a you know, this program and uh, it's it's grown into what it is today.
1: So are there a number of folks in this program or just you or how, how's it set up?
0: Well, um, we, uh, uh, we've had uh, programs in... Wisconsin and, uh, Colorado, uh, cause you know, other people, uh, across the country were were looking at what, uh, we were doing and, and wanted to, you know, bring that, that program and, and, oh. uh, we have done that. And, uh, but generally it's, 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 uh, it's me, uh, it's me today. <laughs> and, um, you know, a lot of things that, you know, a lot of things you can do digitally, uh, in terms of reaching a lot of people in a, in a short period of time and, We've got a, a, a Facebook page that has, you know, well over, I think, 215,000 followers. And uh, that's been a, a good way to, to reach out to people and, and get them involved.
1: So what were some of the skills that you brought over from working in public affairs or, um, or excuse me, working for the, po- the political side that you got to apply to here?
0: Sure. Well, it's, you know, it's first, it's a, it's a recognition of how public policy can have a profound impact on people's lives. And it can have a, a positive uh, impact, and it, and it can have a, a negative impact. And um, you know, first of all, it's having a sort of background in natural resources. I come from a, a multi-generation farming family. My great-great grandfather was a logger, and uh, you know, just to, you know, having having that natural having natural resources in your blood, and, and you know, having a, a desire to. Serve rural communities and and especially our forested communities in the northwest and be involved in policies understanding how information flows um, mm-hmm. you know from the ground to the decision maker and and um, all of the, the you know the various people that are involved in in policy making from you know those people who are working on the ground to you know the the staff mm-hmm. Uh, people who, you know, work in, in offices and, and committees and, and ultimately, you know, how decision makers, you know, process information and and how, you know, information can can impact their decision making as they they look at pieces of legislation and 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 funding and and all those things have been very helpful.
1: Yes. So for you, what have been some of the big highlights in the last seven years?
0: Well, you know, I I think it's first. You know, when I first started this program back in 2013, um, you know, social media wasn't new, but it was new. It, It was a it was a fairly new thing in forestry in that at that time, at that moment in time, there there weren't many positive forestry voices. Okay. in, in social media. Uh, there were, there were very few, um, I could, I mean, as far as the number of forest communicators at that time, I could count, you know, on, on one hand and, and, you know, less than five fingers, you know? And, okay. and so, and so, you know, we, we set up, uh, our, our Facebook page and, and that grew, uh, quite rapidly. And I think what it showed is that there were people out there who were really interested in, in how federal forests were being managed, and you know many of them, as I mentioned, you know live near these forests and and you know depend on uh, the management of these forests either for timber you know which which supports our communities but also forests that, that are managed for you know fuels reduction and and the other risks that these forests and our our communities face and and so i I think there. I, I think that showed people that that there's an audience for for this information, and and since then there's been a, a you know a lot of awesome professionals who have come in uh, to the forest sector, who uh, you know have taken that to a to a different level, and it, it's you. just been it's been great to see you know all these forestry voices come in uh, you know to these spaces and and to 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 tell their stories it has been very powerful and and you know we've we have we have made progress uh, over the last several years and
1: like how what what examples of some of the progress
0: well uh, i mean timber outputs today if that's one if that's one metric okay and that, that's only one metric i mean we're we're seeing volume reach levels that we haven't seen since the the late 1990s
1: okay
0: and so i think that's in, that's important some of the, the the tools that the us congress has passed um, over the past several years, in both Democratic and Republican administrations, where the federal land management agencies are given more tools and resources to do more management, more efficiencies. Uh, you. In, in other words, you know, to you know, to be able to uh, expedite, say, thinning projects on forests that are that have been impacted by you know insect infestation. <clears throat> and those types of things, um, you know, show that that there is an appetite on the policy side, not just on the. On the, on the public side, on the policy side, there's an interest in accelerating forest management, you know, making our for, federal forests healthier, reducing the risks of wildfire, and you know a recognition that forest management and wood products uh, can be a solution for uh, our climate issues as well, I, I think is important.
1: So have you kind of seen sort of a change of focus? Like I can think like maybe the spotted owl started things, but I mean- talking about like the fires or climate change those the, the message has it changed a little bit over time
0: well I think it's wildfires that have really gotten people's attention and has brought forest management to the forefront uh, you know as you know just over the past several years we've seen in a very a very alarming rise in in catastrophic wildfires the intensity of these wildfires the the acres burned um, it, you know, during this period, and the impacts to to our communities, uh, you know, such as the the smoke that has been impacting, say, the the Rogue Valley in, in southern Oregon, uh, the you know the the devastation that we've seen in California, uh, Paradise, California, has brought a spotlight to the conditions on our national forests where these forests have not been managed they they've become you know overgrown tinderboxes and forest management tools are 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 you know one part of the solution and so from you know the Obama administration to the the Trump administration especially in recent years there's been more attention paid uh, to forest management and the tools that, that can be used and the, the, the barriers, the obstacles that could be addressed through, uh, you know, positive uh, policies.
1: Yeah. So just for my edification, you're at the Healthy Forest and you have a yes. Facebook page and you have like the newsletter I know that you have that's really good that's passes all this information along. And when you hear all these voices, can you take those voices and translate them into legislators or how do you how do you take all those these voices and
0: well, well we we try to do two things we try to tell the story mm-hmm. um that our, our our federal forests need more active management for for many purposes and 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 many you know economic and, and conservation benefits so it's to to tell those stories but also to give people an outlet for them to get involved um, okay. You know, it's one thing to tell citizens to, you know, show up to a town hall or, you know, get into their congressman's ear, you know, and, and tell them that we need more management. But it's it's giving them meaningful opportunities to get involved. So what we try to do is we educate in terms of telling folks, you know, what's happening, what's happening on the ground, but also what's happening in Washington D.C., mm-hmm. and to let them know when there are meaningful opportunities to get involved, um, okay. such as there's you know the Resilient Federal Forest Act that's been introduced by Congressman Bruce Westerman. Um, we've we've encouraged people to you know, write into to Washington D.C. D. in support of that legislation, so that you know when he, when these bills come forward that you know the these congressional offices are are hearing that there are people who are supporting these solutions and separately to give folks opportunities to weigh in on, on forest plans or, or, you know, good forest projects that are, that are close to them. So, so it's really, it's, it's, it's education and, and it's giving folks, you know, meaningful opportunities to be involved in the process.
1: We want to take a break to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Logging Congress and the Pacific Forest Foundation. The Pacific Logging Congress will be holding its convention this year in sunny Palm Springs, November 7th through the 12th. There will be great dynamic speakers. We invite you to come for more information. Visit www.pacificloggingcongress.org. Okay, back to Nick and his role now with the AFRC. So the public affairs uh, job, what's this addition to your...
0: Yeah, so I, I recently joined uh, the American Forest Resource Council, and, and prior to that, uh, I had provided communication services to uh, a number of, of groups, including the American Loggers Council, uh, the Oregon Loggers, California Loggers, and and others, and and. Yeah, you know, there was an opportunity because I, I work very closely with AFRC on, in, in terms of, of policy. Uh, we've always had shared priorities in terms of, of the, the, the types of legislation that we've been pursuing. Okay. And so there was uh, an opportunity for me to, to come on board to, to AFRC um, and, and really to help, help the industry tell its story in terms of, of its place in the puzzle in its place in in the solution. People don't quite understand really the role that the forest products industry plays in federal forest management. Um, okay. what folks don't know is that these companies, these, you know, they're often family-owned companies, the largest employers in the communi- the, the small rural communities where they operate. These companies invest billions of dollars in 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 federal forest management, forest restoration, and our partners, you know, with yeah. with the government in terms of helping to to improve forest health, helping to keep our federal lands accessible, you know, not not to mention the the jobs and economic opportunity that that they provide. Um, so it was it was an opportunity, and I was I was happy to, to come on board.
1: I really enjoy your Healthy Forest newsletter. I hope that's not going away with your new role at AFRC.
0: You, you know, when it comes to healthy forests, healthy communities, it's not just me. It's over three hundred thousand people um, who are connected in this grassroots network. Just in the past couple of months, we've had um, I think six six thousand people, you know, write their members of Congress, you know, talking about the wow. need for for forest management, and so. You know that that's not something you, you can walk away from, and uh, so this program is going to continue, and um, you know we'll we'll uh, continue to, to to work to support solutions for you know our forests and our communities.
1: Yeah. So now that you're seven years into it, are you feeling more optimistic about the industry and where it's headed, and where we're going to be tomorrow?
0: I do. I'm a lot optim. I'm a lot more optimistic than I was seven years ago, mm-hmm. in that. You know the the level of of discourse on these issues and and the need uh, for more forest management is is out there. Uh, you know I was at the White House, you know, last summer, and and to hear the the president of the United States, you know, talking about the need for for forest management um, is you know it, it it it's very impactful um but also you know we also have other challenges and that is you know climate change and what do we do in the in the in the face of of climate change and i think that the forest sector has such a great story to tell in in terms of our ability to sustainably manage this amazing and renewable resource to be able to sequester carbon to sustainably harvest and lock up carbon, you know, in wood products and to make, you know, sustainable and durable building materials that are essentially carbon uh, sequestering (laughs) materials, I think really important. And, And so, you know, I think moving forward, you know, forest health is, is a big issue and, you know, we still have a very steep hill to climb in terms of how we restore our our forests back to health and make them more resilient to wildfire and and drought and climate change, but also ensuring that forestry and forest products are a part of the carbon solution, you know, means that, you know, forestry, the forest products industry and our rural communities, our rural forested communities will continue to to stay relevant and important to our decision makers.
1: That makes complete sense. (laughs) are you also optimistic about the next generation getting into the woods, or maybe even to some job like yours that might not be forestry related? In that they have a, they're out there in the woods, but um, support the industry in another way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm very optimistic in all facets of the the forest products industry and in forestry. And you know I mentioned earlier about the wealth of communication talent that has come in to to help tell that story who are very savvy with social media and and digital tools and you know I think that's that's only going to going to continue to grow and and you know I I think you know certainly more work is is needed um to encourage kids to to come in and and pursue a career in in logging it, you know we're working in the woods and 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 in our manufacturing facilities but you know, what makes me optimistic is that there are a lot of people who are working on these issues, you know, mm-hmm. trying to better understand what, what motivates, you know, the younger generations and, and, you know, what they're looking for for careers and yeah. getting them involved, involved at an early age, you know, whether in science and, and technology, forestry, you know, logging systems, you know, reaching out to kids when they're young um, bringing them in at the high school and, and college level to, to, to get them that both the education and, and, uh, and the hands-on experience that they need. Um, you know, it, I think we've got a long way to go, uh, in terms of securing the future workforce, but, uh, you know, I think over the past few years, uh, th- this industry starting to get it and are, are investing heavily in, in those resources so that, um, you know, that next, workforce you know comes in and takes the forest sector to to the next level and into the future
1: yes so for you your job basically is a giant storyteller and so are there some things you've learned about storytelling to the masses over the last years
0: well, you know, it's. I think it starts with the understanding that, you know, what, what is the, the the world's most popular radio station? It's W I I F M. It's what's in it for me. You, you know, but when it comes to forest policy and and timber and all that, you know, this can be all very complex and and can be controversial. And it, you know, it, it's easy for you to confuse your message and and
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, you know, get get lost in the debate and I. I think it's always important to understand that everybody, every single person, is is motivated to be involved in these issues for some reason. Um, okay. You know, in rural in our rural communities, it's it's having a job, it's having a, a good-paying job, and and an opportunity to to support one's family. In the cities, you know, it, people are really concerned about uh, you know being able to recreate on their, on their public lands. Um, Mm -hmm. They're breathing, you know, the toxic wildfire smoke, like, you know, like those in rural communities. And it's a matter of, you know, really understanding what, what motivates, you know, different people and having a a message that resonates. Whereas, you know, in, in the city of Portland, they, they may not be as concerned about, you know, whether somebody in, in a rural community um, doesn't, doesn't have a job, but you know, they want to make sure that, you know, their national forest is a place that they can recreate that it, it's a place that you know hasn 't been destroyed by catastrophic wildfire, and that really facilitates a good discussion about forest management and the tools that are available to you know mitigate those impacts so that uh, these lands, uh, especially national forests, can continue to to serve multiple uses and and provide multiple benefits
1: so it feels like this to me, and you can tell me if you're seeing it differently. If there was a silver lining to these wildfires, it was that it helped spur some conversations between two sides or got everybody on some of the same pages. Are you seeing that?
0: There's a common thread that people know that that there is a wildfire crisis. You know, we could see it. We could smell it. You know, it it all impacts us in one way or another. The common thread between, uh, you know, Republicans and Democrats, folks across the political spectrum, is that pe- people see a need for for forest management and for people mm-hmm. working in the woods to to address these issues. Um, often there's a lot of disagreement on the periphery or, or in the details, you know, mm-hmm. of, of what yeah. what those policy solutions are. But it's you know it's a common thread that that people see the need for forest management, and and while you know we we can't. Turn around the ship overnight. We can't, you know, pass the the large comprehensive reforms that we we think we need. You know, the the, the trend is is positive. The Forest Service is treating mm-hmm. more acres. Uh, the national forests are providing more timber uh, to support rural economies, uh, and and so forth. And and so yeah. the you know the the trend is positive.
1: So, if there is one piece of information that you wish you could get everybody to buy into a piece of information that you would like everybody to kind of be on the same page with. Is it just forest manager? There's something kind of specific you'd like to impart to get people.
0: Well, in the national forest system, we have 80 million acres of of, of federal forests that are at immediate risk of catastrophic wildfire, insects, and disease. Mm -hmm. We are only treating a fraction of those at risk acres. Every year. So if we want healthy forests that support rural economies that are accessible, that are healthy, that provide clean drinking water and all of those other values, we need forest management and we need Congress to provide the tools and the resources to do more because a lot more really needs to be done.
1: Do you try to uh, promote some of those things that should be done?
0: Well, sure, sure. I mean, you know, specifically, I mean, there's, there are a number of important issues going on right now. You know, for example, uh, Congress is looking at a national infrastructure bill. And, um, you know, one thing that that we're going to be working on is is to include funding for forest service roads. There are 380,000 miles of roads in the national forest system. And the Forest Service is faced with a nearly four billion dollar backlog in road road maintenance. So, if you know folks are, are wondering why their their forest roads are closing, um, why they're becoming impassable, it's because there isn't the resources to keep these roads functioning. And, okay. um, you know, we need for, we need, you know, forest road access for a number of reasons for, yeah. for forest management, for firefighting, for recreation and all of that. So, um, th- that is something that that we'll be working on moving forward. Um, another thing is, is, you know, really to address the analysis paralysis that tends to, to stymie active forest management. And that is the mountain of paperwork, um, mm-hmm. that, federal agencies must do uh, in order to implement, you know, individual projects. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, the national environmental policy act, which is often, you know, called a a bedrock environmental law, you know, what can be done under NEPA so that the forest service can implement a a project, particularly on an at-risk landscape in, you know, Eight, in a year instead of four years you know yeah, okay. so it's so both the Forest Service and, and the federal government are, are going through a process to to improve those NEPA processes so things okay. things like that.
1: So for you personally are you I'm assuming you're glad you make the jump from politics to healthy forests?
0: Yeah uh, I, I am because uh, you know it's uh, you know these are issues that are not partisan or they shouldn't be partisan. You yeah. know, uh yeah, you know, healthy forests isn't shouldn't be a Republican issue, shouldn't be a Democrat issue, should be an issue that everybody should should care about. Mm-hmm. And in my work, you know, I work with folks from across the spectrum, Republican and Democrat, business and labor, you know, mm-hmm. you, you name it. And uh, you know, there's there's the common thread. And while there could be disagreement over the the finer details of policy, while, you know, these things can be controversial in that you have a, a minority of folks who, you know, don't want any kind of management at all and they're able to to use the system to to to, to stymie forest management. We're we're making progress and there's there's yeah. there are good reasons to feel good about um where we're going in terms of getting more folks back to work in the woods. Uh, promoting, you know, domestic wood products, manufacturing, uh, you know, to support our rural communities and, and um, you know, also to, to offer a, a real solution to, for, for carbon and to reduce carbon emissions.
1: Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Talking Timber. I hope you learned a little listening to Nick Smith, the Executive Director of Healthy Forests, Healthy Communities. If you have topics you'd like us to take on, please contact me at Diane. Pacific Logging Congress.com. Thank you again to our sponsors, the Pacific Logging Congress and the Pacific Forest Foundation. For more information about either of those organizations, please visit www.pacificforestfoundation.org or www.pacificloggingcongress.org. Until next time, take care.